Hello, and welcome back for another volume of truly disturbing tales taken from Reddit. If this is your first time joining us, thanks for tuning in. If you enjoy creepy tales and true crime, then you've come to the right place. We upload multiple times a week, and I enjoy interacting with subscribers, so please leave thoughts and comments down below. We also operate an Instagram page, so feel free to follow us there for scary facts, previews of upcoming releases, and otherwise unsettling posts. But without any further delay, let's get to today's stories. I live in a city with a public transportation system that happens to be spotty at best. They've been extremely short-staffed, and more often than not, you have to call to just make sure your bus is even coming. On weekdays, during business hours, the public transit operator will order a lift for you to get to work if your bus isn't showing up, or if they're short a driver. Tuesday, I'm at the bus stop after checking multiple times if my bus is coming, only to find out that it wasn't. They ordered me a lift, and this nice, older gentleman was my driver. We had casual conversation, and he started to ask me personal questions. I'm a bartender, and I'm super friendly already, so I didn't think his questions were ill-intentioned. I told him that I'm not married, and that I'm pretty much a loner. I basically go to work, and go home, and spend time with my family. He then says, I'd marry you in a heartbeat. Again, I'm just thinking he's being funny or nice. I asked him to drop me at the downtown grocery store so I could pick up some things I needed for work. When we stop, he said that he was only joking, that he's married, and has a son my age. He asked if I was interested in maybe meeting him. Since I have a terrible track record, I figured it wouldn't hurt meeting someone out of my circle and comfort zone. So I gave the man my number, and we parted ways. The next morning, he texts me and asks if I need a ride to work. I told him that he didn't have to do that, and I was sure my bus was running. He said it would be his pleasure, and he'd pick me up at my house at 3. Then about an hour later, he asked if I wanted to have lunch with him before work. I told him that I was busy and that I couldn't do that. He said, okay, see you at 3 then. He shows up at 3 and lets me know that he's outside. While I'm finishing getting my things together, I open the door and he's starting to walk up the stairs to my house. I told him that I was ready and we could head downtown now. When I get in the back seat, he turns around and says that he has a confession for me. He told me from the time that I took my mask off, his heart danced like a butterfly. He said that he hasn't been able to stop thinking about me since the day before, and that he'd love to spend time with me, and that he'd even pay me for my time if I spent the day with him. That's when I started to feel super uncomfortable with the situation. The whole ride was making me cringe, but I felt like it was better to play along and be nice than to freak out. He continued on the entire ride about how he loved me at first sight and wanted to make me his Lebanese queen. As we got closer to downtown, I started to feel relief. He dropped me off at my hotel and said that he'd see me tomorrow. That evening at work, I checked my phone after a busy happy hour and he's texted me a few times. He sent me a picture of the hotel and said that he'd wait for me to get off to give me a ride home. I told him that I already had one, but thank you anyway. 
well, Thursday morning, and I'm out running errands with my mom and sister. He texts me again and asks how early he can pick me up because he can't stop thinking about me. I asked him to please stop at that point and that I was with family. He continues to text me all day and evening, begging to see me. He tells me that his heart is aching to see his Lebanese queen, and I just keep telling him to stop. Friday morning, the shit hit the fan. He tells me he loves me no matter what, that he told his wife about me, that he's in love with me, and that he wants a divorce. I told him no, please don't do that, and that it wasn't right to treat his wife that way. He said it wasn't my fault. They were drifting apart anyway. Then he said that I'm picking you up for dinner at 5.30, and I'm not taking no for an answer. I ignored the messages during the day, and just went about my business. Around 5.25, my video doorbell rings, and he's standing on my porch. I told him that I wasn't home, and that he should leave. He continues to text me and beg to come pick me up from my parents. That was the fake location that I gave him, although I was at home the whole time and just too scared to let him know that. I eventually called the non-emergency police line, but he had already left by the time I got through. I filed a general report, but technically they can't do anything unless he's standing on my porch threatening me. They advised me to report through Lyft, so I did just that. I immediately blocked the number that he was texting me from as well. I've done everything that I can to keep my guard up, and I hope that I've seen the last of this man. What adds to my uneasy feeling, though, is that my doorbell sends me notifications anytime there's movement in front of my house. Well, the last few evenings, around 2.30 a.m., the same car has pulled up in front of my house and stopped for a few minutes at a time. I can't tell who's behind the wheel, I can't even tell if that was the car that I was in. But last night, the driver got out, crept slowly up to my door, and left something on my doorstep. I didn't get the notification until I woke up in the morning, but I immediately went outside to see what it was. What I found was a handwritten note with a bow on it, addressed simply to my Lebanese queen. Okay, I should start this story by giving a bit of background so that you understand the situation a bit better. I, a 4 foot 9, 16 year old female at the time, had two dogs who were brothers from the same litter. They were boxers, so they were relatively big and quite protective when they needed to be. Vince was longer, much taller than his brother, and is usually the kind to sleep through a hurricane if we had one. His brother, Maury, was shorter, but more muscular, and stronger. These two were pretty much with me 24-7, as my mother used to work a lot, and I was usually alone most of the day, sometimes even until after dark. This never really bothered me. I'd been left alone at home like this since I was about 11. It never struck me that I had a reason to be worried. One day, my mom was working later. I was doing some household chores, feeding the dogs, doing the dishes, stuff like that. I continued doing what I always had, a routine of tidying the house that I had done every day for years. As I went to take the trash out of the bin, I started walking towards the door when Maury stepped in front of me. 
I tried moving around him, telling him to get out of my way, but he refused to budge. This was certainly odd, and looking back on it now, I realized he was probably trying to stop me from walking outside. We continued like this for a few moments, me trying to get past him, and him, of course, never moving from his spot. As a big dog, he was quite heavy. It was hard to lift him, and even harder to get him away from something. Now, in the time we had been going back and forth with this interaction, Vince stayed happily asleep in his dog bed. I should note that from my kitchen, you can see the living room and bathroom. Usually we use the side door from the kitchen to enter and exit the house, since it attached to the carport. After a few more moments of trying to get around Maury, I heard something that I hadn't expected when I made one last desperate attempt to move him. He growled, which wasn't unusual as he had growled plenty of times in his life. What was unusual was that he growled at me. He had never done that before, not even once. But for that reason, and that reason alone, I decided not to take the trash out that night. I simply tossed it into another room and left it be. A short time passed, maybe a half hour or so, and I had gotten settled into my chair to watch some movie while I waited on my mom to come home. While I was watching, I suddenly heard a quiet knock at the side door. As I mentioned earlier, you can clearly see the living room from the kitchen, so I heard the knock pretty well. It was already after dark, so I figured it was my mother and that she had somehow forgotten her keys. I got up, went into the kitchen, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw the hook near the door. The hook where the keys tend to be. To some people, that's not a big deal. But to me, it meant that the person knocking on my door was in fact not my mother. My mom is a bit of a routine-obsessed person, so if she actually had forgotten her keys, they would most definitely be on that hook. I took a breath, preparing myself to just not answer the door, or if they didn't leave, to tell them that I wasn't interested in whatever they were selling or whatever they were doing. Thinking about it now, I really wish I hadn't even looked out that window of that door. I wish I had just sat back down, called my mom, and stayed out of sight. But of course, I walked in front of the door and immediately came face to face with a figure on the other side of that window. Now it was really dark outside, with just my neighbor's light shining from his porch, so I could only make out a couple of things on this guy. He was tall, me having to peer up at him through the window to look at his face. He had long hair that looked like a shadow over his shoulders in the dim light, but the only facial feature I could really see were his eyes. And God, I wish I hadn't seen them. I could see the spark of interest flare in them as he perked up when he saw me. They were wide and staring down right at me. He took a step towards my door, stepping up on the first two of the steps. I heard him say something along the lines of, My car broke down nearby. Can I come in and use your phone? Immediately, I thought of every bad thing that I had ever heard happening to a teenager home alone and tried to compose my nerves. 
Not sure what it was, but something, everything, told me not to trust this man. I shouted back a quick no and an apology, hoping that he was telling the truth and would just go to the next house over. But he didn't. Instead, he simply said it again, quite a bit louder this time. I thought for a quick moment that he hadn't heard me, but then again, I know now that he most likely had. So instead, I became a bit more confident and said, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Go to the next house. For a moment, he paused, as if contemplating what to do next. Then he knocked again, louder than the first time that I'd heard it. My heart rate increased as I just stared at him. When I didn't react, he started to loudly bang against the door. I took a step back, praying to whatever god that he would either leave or my mom would be home early. I was usually a quiet girl, but my mom was a badass redneck with a raptor knife. She could take him. He started to bang on the glass after a moment, my mind racing a thousand miles an hour. Should I hide? Run? My phone was in the other room, and I was scared to take my eyes off this guy. I was sure he would break through the glass. The banging was vibrating my eardrums, and apparently, it was vibrating Maury's too. I saw him creeping up past the doorway, bending his head, teeth bared, and he started to bark loudly. The guy stopped for a moment, trying to see into the window at the floor where Maury stood. When he stopped barking, the guy mistakenly tried to jiggle the door handle. Now that's when Vince woke up. I swear to God for a dog that was dead asleep five seconds prior, I'd never seen him move that fast. Vince had his paws up on the door, growling like a hellhound at the devil's side, at the side of this man outside my home. The guy jumped, fell back, and bolted. I heard him say something as he started to run, and saw another shadow emerge next to him. Once they were gone, I sprinted across the carport to my neighbors, and my mom came home shortly after. We called the police after I explained what had happened, and my neighbor had dragged his shotgun out before they even got there. He had insisted on looking for the guy himself. The police had said that someone tried to pick the lock on my front door, but there was a lot of stuff in front of it, and it was also really old so it didn't open anymore. I went to bed that night, uneasy, and so very thankful I had two dogs who were not only strong and big, but one that was vigilant, and one that could practically kill you if you let him. A few weeks went by, and we hadn't heard anything from the cops, so eventually I tried to stop thinking about it. Another month passed, and although I was a bit scared of being home alone, Nothing else seemed to happen. Then we got another visit from the cops. What they told me made my heart sink in my chest and still gives me chills to this day. They had caught the guys and realized they were stalking me. Yes, guys, plural. There were two guys that had apparently been stalking me without my knowledge for months. They had photos of me. They knew my routines, 
and they pretty much had an idea of when I'd be alone. The police had been fairly adamant that I changed my locks since they caught two guys and there was evidence of a third. We moved shortly after that. I still pass by that house sometimes when I go to visit friends or do stuff around the area. A chill runs down my spine every time I do. To think that they never caught one of the guys was scary enough. The fact they tried to break into my house was worse. Not to mention that I hadn't even known they were watching me. I still think about it even now, years later. I dread to think what would have happened if my dogs weren't there. And I dread even more about what they had planned if I did open that door or they had successfully broken in. I thank the universe every day that Vince and Maury were there, especially now. My mom never worked until after dark again after that, which in all honesty, was totally fine with me. This happened to me almost four years ago. My parents and my husband were visiting my mom's family in Indianapolis. I used to go all the time as a kid but I wouldn't know my way around. I was drinking a lot because my husband had an emotional affair with his ex that lasted four months. She tried to break us up. Honestly, I could tell a whole story about how she tried to ruin our relationship, but that's for another time. So we saw my family and then went back to the hotel. I was upset, so I said I was going to smoke, but in reality, I was going to the hotel bar. I got multiple double vodka shots with a splash of orange juice. I was feeling good. The bar was closing so I asked the bartender where there was another bar and she told me to go to TGI Fridays. It was about a 10 minute walk. Remember, this was after 10pm and I was already drunk. I went inside and got more drinks. I don't remember how exactly I got outside but I was standing there smoking and there were people outside in the parking lot with me the whole time. But suddenly, I remember being dragged towards a car. While I felt it happening, I was so inebriated that I couldn't do anything or even realize how bad this situation was quickly getting. During this time, my husband realized I was missing and woke up my mom in my parents' room. They tracked my phone to the Friday's parking lot but by the time my mother and husband reached the vicinity of my phone, I wasn't anywhere in sight. Just then, my mom saw a man trying to force me into his car. She got out of the Uber they were in and started screaming to let me go. This ass thought my mom was just a stranger trying to save me. He didn't believe her, and I remember the yelling. Something like, How do I know she's your daughter? My mom threatened to call 911 since I was almost in the back of his car. He let go of me then, and drove off with his back passenger side door open. I'm convinced that something terrible was awaiting me in the back of that car. I was unfamiliar with the area, I was drunk, and I barely realized how bad the situation was. Due to being drunk, bruised, and unable to account the situation to my family, they took me to the hospital for observation. I was released the next day, and only then did I get the details of what my family saw and what they had to do to rescue me. 
to the creep who tried to take me while I was drunk, I pray that we never meet. No one with good intentions just grabs a girl the way that you did. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.